Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go To 11 podcast. Once again, Greg Dutcher in the booth. Greg, say what's up. What's up? Mm. And again, we have Matt Smith. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Now, Greg, um, I've heard this rumor concerning Matt about something with this guy named Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yes. Can you uh, enlighten us? I'd rather, uh, Nathan, leave it there because... That could sound really scandalous, but I, I, I probably should provide more information. Uh, Matt and I were just talking before the podcast began. Brother, we've been friends for 30 years. That's a long time. We're old, man. That we is are, a long time. We are getting up there. Uh, and uh, in that time, Nathan, Matt has had, I wouldn't call it a preoccupation. I'm An obsession. Just, yeah, I call it just outright idolatry. Concerning <laughs> yeah. in every possible way. Yes. Disturbing. Yes. A, a little Stallone shrine in his house. Yes. In uh, more ways than you can imagine. Uh, yes, I remember Matt's bedroom as a teenager. Uh, Let's not talk about people, that. People, I, I do want to qualify this. Matt is a very well-adjusted man, a happily married man. Tracy's wonderful woman, wonderful wife. Matt's got four beautiful children. So all the caveats out front. Matt must have had six, seven, eight Stallone posters in his room. Uh, Rocky. You're, you're, you are being very um, either gracious or yeah. miscounting. Yes, yes, because there were probably more. There, there wasn't wall space left. Yeah, that's true. There were not. I remember the uh, Stallone in the, uh, was it the Rocky Four where he wore uh, uh, Creed's shorts? That was Rocky Three, Greg. But he wore them also in four. Yes. He wore them in... Yes, he did. Are you going to question no, me on Rocky Three? Me, me. We're going to let right. Matt riff for a minute on, on Rocky Three, which yes. is where he's, he fought Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T. Yes. The legend, Mr. T. Uh, Carl Weathers, who was playing Apollo Creed, trained him and said, I have a gift for you. I want you to wear these. And Rocky said, you want me to wear these? And he wore yes. them. But then Rocky Four, Apollo Creed, Die. He dies. So from there on out, Rocky just keeps wearing those shorts. Yes. Hopefully he washed them. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rocky Four may have been, wouldn't you say, Matt, one of the most Oscar-worthy movies. It wasn't at all just a lengthy hour-and-a-half video collage. It was a video. It was, yes, it was like MTV Invader. <laughs> that, that pretty much was. Great, I, great music, great videography. It was great. Yes. Yeah. Matt, it is true, Nathan, there was more about Stallone. And I wish we could poll our listeners. If our listeners... Um, could tell us if this is a riveting topic they'd like more information on. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can devote well, it to that's right. an, an, an entire, entire podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. But uh, I do, I will have to say this. Um, First Blood, amazing. Oh, my, yes. Just one of the best. I personally mm -hmm. thought an amazing mm -hmm. movie. Would you agree, Nathan? Oh, yeah, you saw absolutely. That. So good. Um, I even kind of like Cliffhanger. We were talking about that Oh, recently. Cliffhanger was great. Cliffhanger yeah. was yeah. good. The, the chick at the beginning that mm -hmm. dies. Yeah. Unfortunately, Dude, I don't know if you remember. She looked when I was dating Lisa like Lisa. If you go back and look at that, hmm. she looks like my. It's been a while wife. since I've seen that movie. So yes, I'll have to. but that was a, a very upsetting experience for me. But Lithgow is the creepy villain in that. Yep, yep, yep. very good. Uh, but Matt, tell us because Matt follows Stallone. Do you follow his Twitter or anything like that? Does he do a Twitter? He, he no. He well, he he doesn't tweet a whole lot. And there's an Instagram account, but it's probably not him. Gotcha. Um, the best place, uh, obviously, there's SylvesterStallone.com. That's his website. That's the yes. official. Best one is StalloneZone.com yep. <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's done <laughs> it's wow. done by a guy who's even nuttier than I am. 
uh, who started like in the late nineties, yeah. he's like called number one fan kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just like a running blog, but that's where you get the lowdown of wow. what Sly is doing these days wow. as a 68 year old man. That's wow. kind of creepy. If you think <laughs> about it, I'm following a 68 year old man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's still taking off his shirt in movies. And, um, yeah, that is uh, incredible. Now I will say caveat here, uh, Matt, as you know, uh, Lisa, my wife, when we were talking recently, yeah, we were talking about men who are not quite as good looking, Nathan, as me and Matt. Right. Uh, but, you know, getting up with their clothes. How does it feel that a 68 year old man is in far better shape than <laughs> yeah. you are? Than, than the three of us in the studio combined? Nathan's that, not looking too bad. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Sorry to throw you under the bus, Nathan. I just, you know, I wanted you I'll, to share. I'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted you to share that. But Lisa, um, as she admitted the other night, because we were talking about like Adam Levine is considered a fairly uh, good-looking gentleman by a lot of ladies. Uh, and Lisa admitted that Stallone, what was it? When Rocky? he was younger. Yeah. When he was younger, yeah. Rocky yeah. two or probably three? Probably three. That he three's when he got the facelift. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, that's, <laughs> so Lisa and you have always shared that kind of Stallone thing. It doesn't concern me as much with her, but we'll, we'll discuss that on another podcast. But please tell us, Matt, he has a new movie. Well, there's 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 a lot going down in Sly yeah. World. <laughs> Give us the quick. We're about five minutes yeah, into it. I want to see if our listeners can hold on for two more. Fifteen seconds. Here yeah. we go. First of all, he's in Philadelphia right now, working on Creed, yes. which is a Rocky spinoff. He did not write it. Yes. The idea was given to him, but he is he is back playing his role as Rocky Balboa. And although our, our listeners at home can't look at these pictures, you men can. Oh my goodness! Scenes, right. Just from a couple days ago, you recognize if you remember Rocky too when yeah, that's Mickey his outfit. when Mickey was training him to catch the chicken. Remember? Yes, Stallone Rocky is the trainer. He's wow. training Apollo Creed's grandson, and look what he's doing in Philly. And he, this back is, to the old school vintage training. This is riveting. Podcast. If you can catch this bird, you can catch grease lightning. Yeah. That's what Mickey said. <laughs> Yes, yes. I, he said a couple other things about he lightning. Did. He did. Uh, just so you know, because uh, I know this is riveting podcasting when you can't see the pictures mm. Matt brought for a podcast. Um, <laughs> Stallone is wearing a leather jacket and the hat. Isn't wasn't that his signature outfit? It, yes, he's kind of kept that. Yeah, yes, yeah. very neat. Nathan, are you dying to see it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. man. And he's, he's still the his restaurant Adrian's. Yes. is still going to be. So funny. it is Apollo Creed's grandson who is pursued Rocky yes. because he knew their friendship and all of that and ask, is asking him to train. So that's that's all I got. That's all I know. Any release date? Next year. Well, the question, last thing for the podcast, can you contact Stallone Zone and see if they'd be our first sponsor? Uh, we can look into it. Good. I'm Let's, sure they'd be very interested. Yes, I'm sure this audience is tailor-made for them. Absolutely. Save this our, podcast, our three Nathan. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Enough of, yeah. of this issue yeah. because we're, we need a counseling session for this yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll get to counseling today. Mm -hmm. um, so our first um, semi-real topic next to Stallone um, <laughs> <laughs> is going to be, um, Matt, we just want to talk to you a little bit um, because you are a unique pastor in the fact that you are, you're a utility guy. You can, you can kind of do it all. You preach, you lead worship. Um, explain to us the, the good, the bad and the ugly of that position. Um, because Greg was saying in a, in a podcast previously that, you know, he, for, for the longest time he envied you because, um, starting up a, a church, there were days where he was just scrambling to call somebody who could do worship and, and he couldn't do it. 
you know, just somebody who could strum a guitar and, and you know, lead the congregation, and, and he couldn't do it. Are you and telling so, me, Greg, you never were so desperate that you got up there and said, I'm going to give it a try? Let me clarify, bro. There, there were times I was this close. I think when we were meeting in a home in our earliest days, the closest I came is I played like one of those Hosanna Integrity yeah, right. videos, <laughs> and, and I sort of got it started. Right, right. And it was like, Lord, I lift your name. <laughs> so I, do I need to say anything else or sing anything else? I, I yeah. think. I think, I think the audience. Yep, is good. we got yeah. it. We're, yes. we're going to lose two of our yeah. three listeners if we do that. <laughs> Hang in there, mom. Yeah. We'll try to keep you. <laughs> so, Matt, just kind of explain to us the again the good, the bad, and the ugly of that. What that looks like, and and uh, is that a blessing, a curse, or both? Um. Yeah, it depends on the day. Uh, you know, I I think. Um. um I mean, obviously, the Lord is the one who distributes and, and gives different abilities and, and things, and so he, he knows obviously what he's doing, but I, I think when it comes to building a church, I think one of the real downsides is you when you have some ability to do a lot of things, you might not be amazing at it, but you can kind of pull them off to get the job done. I think the downside is you, number one, you potentially rob other people from stepping up because they don't see a need. So you're you're plugging holes and everybody goes it's getting done and nobody's necessarily thinking it's you doing it um and uh, i think that actually hurts the church because it doesn't it doesn't allow people to step up to feel we need it the other thing is it, it doesn't allow people to grow and develop in their gifts because if if there's something you can do and maybe you can do it a little bit better than maybe the current people god's brought to your church you rob them from the opportunity of growing in their gifts and attracting people who are more gifted than you. And so you end up, I think it's like short term, it works out great. Long term, I think it's disastrous, actually. Um, Let me chime in there, Matt, because I, in all seriousness, yeah, I can't believe Nate. Did I say I envied Matt and I put that? I like in, that. In, yeah, I've never heard that. <laughs> wow. Could I hear you just say that live? <laughs> I, I don't know if it was envy as no, much as let's, hated him. Yes. I just let's go with envy. As, yes. Let's go with envy. <laughs> yes, Matt. That that no, I will say it. I envy Matt in that one arena. Oh come uh, on. No, <laughs> that one arena I envy. No, I uh it is true in the early years and you know that Matt. I would have loved to got you but you had to like pastor a church or something so could never come over and help us on Sundays. But I'd be going through my cell phone yeah. Saturday night 11 o'clock at night still is there anybody yeah. that could come strum a guitar is there a monkey out there? Yeah, there. <laughs> get a banjo and, and somehow we always had somebody pop in the last minute and of course a range of gifting some yep. were more what's mm-hmm. the polite word effective than mm-hmm. others some were less effective and we got through it we're in a much healthier place now yeah. uh andrew landis is our worship leader yep. you know we all yep. know very good, good guy, guy. Yep. uh he's going to be on here matt by the way right may 5th yeah, we're go- he's going to be on here. He's going to actually be talking about worship and stylistic yes. um, aspects of worship. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Avengers movie coming out, Age of Ultron. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about beer for Cinco de Mayo. Yes, that, uh, Matt. Did you know Stallone was in that? What? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe me, there's, there's a chance he could make money. He'd make a movie called Cinco de Mayo. Um, we that uh, is the podcast that Lisa is already saying we need to name Nerdfest because we're going to watch the Avengers and then we're going to discuss it. So we mm. are excited about that. But Andrew is our worship leader. Uh, he's built a, a very good team. We we finally have some depth. Uh, I will say this: Andrew's wonderful about taking input, thoughts. But in general, 
advise me, Matt. I have strong opinions on worship, more from a lyric standpoint, sometimes from a, a feel standpoint, because obviously I want the Sunday services to be thematically strong mm-hmm. so that the message and the music are matching. Um, I feel like I I don't have the street credit uh, to weigh in sometimes on musical issues that you have. Mm-hmm. So is it a blessing for me or a curse for me to be in that spot? Well, I think you have to distinguish between, and I think the word worship, as you know, equals music in the church. Right, and right. so when people talk about worship, you know, they're really talking about the guy who can play an instrument. Yeah. And I think I think it's important in the church that we define worship uh, not musically, but it is focused on a response to God. Sure. And I think that's where pastors, whether they have musical ability or not, are, are critical, yeah. because they, they are thinking about worship in the truest biblical sense, and not the form it's taking on, or the expression it's taking on, or the style it's taking on. And so to me, to have a, to have a pastor who uh, is musically challenged, yeah. uh, but theologically attuned, uh, I think working with somebody uh, who's a very gifted musician is a great combination. And I think what that does is it should help stir the one who's kind of responsible for leading the music to grow theologically mm-hmm. and to make sure they're thinking about what they're doing and how they're serving in the biblical sense and mm-hmm. not in just a musical way. Yes. Um, and then I think when it comes to the style and expression, I think that needs to fit kind of the direction that the church is heading. Right. Uh, and kind of the culture that it's building and trying to be as diverse as it seems appropriate and that the instruments that you have can pull off, the gifted people that you have can pull off. So the inverse of that, at, at Grace, mm-hmm. dude, are you like the godfather? Because do the you, godfather. I mean, honestly, I, I cannot help <laughs> the but godfather, think. godfather, wow. Come on, I, I cannot help but think. beautiful child. <laughs> I'm going to give you a song that you have to play. Um People are riveted by our impressions now. Yo, yo we got to yeah. worship Jesus. <laughs> he, he is Italian, so that's, that's good. Um, the, I just can't imagine you got a young guy over there leading worship, just say, on a particular Sunday. Does Brendan lead? Brendan Beal? Ever? No, he... he- uh, like once a year right now, okay. uh, Youth Advance Sunday, when, oh, right. when basically there's no one left. Yeah, uh, And he does an amazing job. I would love for him to, but he's, at the moment, he's on staff serving over a children's ministry on okay. Sunday, so Sundays are crazy for him. Yeah. Um, we have a guy named, Mark Javalski is our, I would say, one of our primary worship leader guys on Sundays. I don't lead on Sundays hardly at all, okay. uh, worship, uh, singing, if you want. Uh, and uh, so a couple times, special events, I kind of... You know, we'll pop in to, to do that and have a great time with that. Uh, we have we have one or two other people that are kind of stepping in and serving in different ways. We have another guy that's worked with our youth teams, and, and sometimes he'll be on Sundays as uh-huh. well. So I'm looking to have not a worship leader, but worship leaders. I mean, that's really yeah. the goal. Um, but in that, what I'm asking is you've got a younger guy developing, leading the, the music portion mm-hmm. of the worship service. Uh, I mean, come on, man. If you have an opinion, yeah, don't be humble. It's got to carry weight. I mean, if, if people say, hey, what did, what did Pastor Matt say? Because, you know, Matt, you're a good preacher. You heard that too, Nathan. I put it out there. But That's Matt's right. a very gifted preacher, uh, very gifted musically. That's why I hate him, because he has both. Uh, but, I mean, how does that work? I just feel like, <laughs> is it sort of like everybody weighs in, and then you talk as E.F. Hutton, and they're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do what Matt said. Well, 
That's a good question. I have to think about how that works. I mean, I don't typically, like on a typical Sunday, um, I'm not as hands-on as I used to be um, because I think that the guy who's leading worship for us on a a consistent basis, uh, we've been serving together for a long time, so we think pretty similar in terms of what we're doing. Um, I have the utmost confidence in songs that he's picking. and when he's wanting to introduce songs, it's usually songs that he and I have talked about like months ago. And he's like, I'm going to finally do that song. What do you think? Gotcha. Um, so it's, you know, I, I think depending on where the person's at, that shapes some of that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, musically, I, I give feedback when, when it's needed. I try to I try to more encourage, and I can do a better job at that, I'm sure. Um, usually when things are going wrong they kind of know it because i'm in the congregation smiling and kind of laughing at them like what just happened (laughs) Uh, you know what if if, if you heard that closely everybody matt said i'm laughing at them yeah oh yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah the pastor's supposed to say i'm laughing with them but i'm not laughing at (laughs) that's beautiful yeah it's true yeah and and that's the way it should be (laughs) Uh, we don't want to take ourselves musicians are they're they're temperamental they're half temper half temper half mental yeah. <laughs> so you gotta keep them humble um but the, the team that we've had been a lot of them been serving together for a long time uh incredibly i mean when i step in and play with these guys they're really good yeah. um and um so putting arrangements together with them is pretty easy i think what has actually hurt because the years that i would lead I would pretty much come in and just say to the drummer, I want you to do this. No, guitar, you're doing this. Bass, no, no, here, like this. And so arrangements got done pretty quickly. Uh, And if they were terrible, then I'd say, you guys got a better way. I was thinking, you know, and it would be like a team thing, but it would work quickly. I think what happens is if you don't have somebody on the team who's able to arrange in those kinds of ways, and then you step out of that role, you have a lot of gifted people, but no one knows who's stepping up, like, because we're not trying to like take over the, the meeting, but somebody, because the guy who used to do that's not doing it yes. and we're dying out here and we yeah. got to like make decisions. Yeah. So we've, we've over, I don't know, since my transition into the lead pastor role, they're the kinds of conversations that some of us on the worship team have been having about okay. who's going to do that? How are we going to move forward? Because I think they, they've come to me and said, Matt, we feel a void because you're not here. Yeah. Um, and it's not because they're not talented and gifted enough to do it. It's just we've been doing it a certain way for so long. Yeah. We need to think differently. So I take that to mean that uh, you've led poorly, that you're a poor leader. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Some, good. It's, okay, good. Yeah, I, I think that gets back to the doing things yeah. uh, because it's easier for me to just say, meet an hour and a half before the service and we'll put together the arrangement when I get there. Right. And we get it done, usually, uh, than to have to get with people ahead of time and talk about it, think about it. And I mean, that takes more work, but that's a better uh, investment of time in training up people. So actually, I think that is probably bad leadership. Yeah. Wow, Matt. I mean, I was kidding, and he just owned that. No, I think think that's true, though. I think think that's been one of my downfalls, because it's easier to just... It is. It's just easier. If you can do something, Mm -hmm. and you know... It'll get done. It'll it'll serve the day, and it'll, you know it's like just I'm too busy. Let's just get it done. But long term, I think that really comes back to hurt the church. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, since I just preach, and we've talked about this before, preachers are often the worst sermon listeners. Mm-hmm. We struggle with it because I'm constantly hearing a sermon. It could be a great sermon, and I'm thinking this is what I would do with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, I like that illustration. Even if I like, I'm going to use that. Yeah. I would come into it this way. 
That's um, what you told me the other day. With yeah. one of my <laughs> that's, right, that's right. You keep looking at my leadership. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'll, I'm, I'm trying. Teach you one of these days. But um, yeah, don't you know? Don't get Lisa on. If we ever have her on, Nathan, she can't talk about my sermons. That'll that'll end my ministry. But um, I'm just wondering: Do you have the double whammy when you're when you're at a service? Say you guys are on vacation. I know you you'll visit here sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know when you're you get the rare day off. Um, is it hard because you're listening to a sermon and probably dealing with all preachers do? Okay, how would I craft this? How would I approach this text? And you're listening to <laughs> to worship music. Okay, how would I lead this? How would I shape? This? I'm just wondering: are, are you like going crazy at services? Well, I think unlike you, Kerry, I'm I try to be humble in yes. these moments and <laughs> yes. not critique, but just receive. Right. But you no, know. I no. See, I, I don't do that. <laughs> I, oh, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think leaders think like leaders, yeah. and so you walk into any situation, and, and yes, there there is a wrong, sinful, arrogant way, and we want to put that to death. But I think there's a humble way, just because of the way God's wired you, you see things that other people don't see, and there's a lens by which you hear mm-hmm. and see things. So when I love to visit a church, and I'm not going to lie, part of what I like is. I'm looking at it through the lens of a new person, and I'm looking at it through the lens of a leader. What are they doing that I can learn and take away that I'm like, wow, note that. And I'm taking notes. Like, I'm taking notes on how they did the announcements, how long the announcements were, yeah. uh, what did they use social media, or you know, I'm, any little thing. I'm looking at the lighting. I'm looking at the song selection, the length of the songs, the length of the sermon, uh, how much of it was exposition of the scriptures versus just telling good stories, but the stories were really good, so maybe that's a takeaway. I mean, uh-huh. I'm trying to get whatever I can. Uh, so yeah, I do think there's that element where you try to learn, and I think where you have a relationship with the people that are leading, I think you want to encourage them with what you see as an outsider. Because I love when people check us out. If I have some connection, you know, what did you think? Give me feedback. It's helpful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If I may, Nathan, I know you're being very gracious, letting me ask our worship dude all these questions. Yeah, keep going. One more question. This has come up at CFC a few times. I have an answer. Uh, Won't reveal it. Might be wrong. I'm curious about your answer. Every so often, we've had, say, a very gifted guitarist. We have mm-hmm. a guy here, Rob Tahan, uh, from the group Ashes Remain, yeah. just very good, very, very talented. Yep. And he will, is it is it riffing? Is that what it's called, where he's <laughs> doing like a one-minute yeah. kind of solo mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, I am really, I love it Yes, when I see talent. I've had many people, strong, yeah. wonderful yeah. Christian people here, say they don't like it right. because isn't that a concert, a performance? Right. Your response to that? I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's not all that matters. If we like well, it, who cares? Know, what the I Bible can, says? It's funny you should say that because I used to, when I would I, I did a seminar. Oh gosh, it's been a couple years ago at the church, and we talked about song selection. And people, you know, some people like people have always strong preferences about songs, yes. even if they're like the most. I mean, you could have you could lift like a psalm out of the scriptures, and they'll like have whether they like the psalm or yeah. not, kind of thing. So they have strong things, and I used to always say, but you know, a lot of that, as long as it's theologically rich and da da da, you know, it's, it comes down to preference. And the one person says, "But isn't it really your preferences since you're the one picking the songs?" And I said, "Yeah, I, well, that's true." So, so from that point on, that was about three or four years ago. I there are times where I purposely will pick songs 
that I believe we need in our diet. Uh-huh. We're, we're anemic in an area we need to beef up. Yeah, we don't sing as much as we should like this. Yeah. But personally, I don't really love the song, but I think we need to sing this. Like, the lyrics are so good. Yeah. So I can now say there are songs that we sing that I personally don't like. Yeah. We do them because I think we need them. And until I can find a better song that I do like that meets that need, we'll keep singing that in its proper... Okay. So, so I'm trying to... Because yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a valid critique. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I do. I, people can think, well, the worship leader and the pastors, it is it is all preference, but it's their preferences. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So, a you decision know. is eventually made. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back to your question. What was yes. it? <laughs> Guitar solos. Uh, are they biblically defensible? Can I, can I jump in here and yeah. just ask a question real quick? Um, now, because I'm one of the pers- people that isn't... I, I could take it or leave it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, not, I'm not overly fond of it. What I found more distracting was when there was one in every song that was played. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a period of time, particularly when Rob was playing, that it yeah. felt like every single song that was being played, <laughs> I agree. he had this guitar solo. Yeah. And it's like, it got to a point where I was like, I, I really, it, it's not necessary in this song. Gotcha. You know, I, I, I could appreciate it in, in one song here and there, but, but it got to the point where I felt like, okay, here we go again. I'm just going to stand here and, and listen to the guitar. Yeah. Um, your your thoughts a, and takes on that? That's yeah. a that's a really good point, Nathan. Um, yeah, I, I I think part of what hurts worship teams is they have this um, they have this idea that the way the CD the music was produced on that particular album, record, CD, whatever you want to call it, MP3. Um, that's the way we have to do the arrangement. Right. And what they're what we don't realize is that arrangement was designed to to be enjoyable to listen to. Right. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing on a Sunday context is not to so much listen to, it's for us to engage. Because really the main instruments on Sunday are the voices of the congregation. We're right. singing psalms, hymns, spiritual to one another. So we're we're to be aware of us. It's not of let's watch the the, the band do their thing. I think the context is the key because um, I, you know, obviously you have Psalms. I pulled up Psalm 150, which talks about praise Him with the trumpet sound. Mm-hmm. So we, there does seem to be an a, a way to to give God worship and for the congregation to to enter into worshiping God as another person sings a solo or plays an instrument. So there's a place it would seem that I think that's legitimate biblically. Yeah. I think like you said, if that if it just becomes the norm, because let's face it, a lot of the studio recordings, they have an instrumental part because the song if it's gonna be played on the air is three minutes long. Sure. Yeah. 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 You've got to fill it. You got two verses, you got the bridge and you, you got like twenty five seconds of an instrumental of some yeah. sort to fill it. And yeah. and it's enjoyable to listen to. Right. And so people feel like, well, we there's a guitar solo. We have to do the guitar solo. And I'm thinking, no, we don't. I see. We could. I see. And maybe there's a time to do the guitar solo. And maybe there's a time in our congregation with where God is leading us and joy and celebration where we just, man, we just rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's because people are now so fixed on Christ, they can they can say yes. And it's kind of like a Psalm 150 kind of yeah. experience. But if you're not there and that's not the way you're thinking about it, then it just kind of becomes like you said, oh, it's time for him to go to town on his solo thing. And yeah, yeah I think that becomes a danger. I think solos fall into the same thing. Well, yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, I think there's a place for, like, I enjoy, especially if the person can actually sing. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they can't, any worship leader listening out here, and really any pastor, if. 
if the person who's leading can't sing, don't have them do a solo. Yeah. That's In the words why, of Tim Hawkins, yeah. go stack chairs. Yes. <laughs> or join a large church choir where no one can hear you because yes. that's the place where you tell people who can't sing. Yes. Oh, we, we have an Easter choir coming up and we won't mic you. Yeah. <laughs> sing yeah. away. <laughs> there, there may be a man, uh, Matt, right outside this window this morning, Al Myers, who you've met, uh, who back in the day, maybe there was a rumor when there were certain singers mm-hmm. that he turned their mics off. Yeah. That, <laughs> no, that's, that, that may have happened. Hey, listen, the sound person has a um, an ethical responsibility yeah. to mute people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I made the joke. We had a guitar player play, and I was really kidding because he's very good, but he's he was playing. He's like, and he was, you know, he had us like a part to play, obviously, and he's like, I. I, I'm not even coming through the system. I said, you have never sounded better. <laughs> <laughs> now, should I be concerned, guys, when uh, they mute me while I'm preaching? I've never quite got what that's about, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the sound, take away the sound person has really the, the ultimate yeah, power. Yeah, the sound person <laughs> runs the church. Yeah, true. Good. I like that, Matt. Good discussion. So, um, continuing the discussion, um, Matt, if you could just, for for... People who you know are aspiring to play music in the church and and do the musical worship part of yeah, church. Well said. Um, what two pieces of advice that you you would give to that person? Things that you've learned over the years. Um, you know, they're they're new, they're young. You know, maybe they've just gotten a role a position in the church. What are two pieces of advice mm. that you would give to that person that you've learned over the years that you think would be crucial? Mm. Um, I think number one, uh, become a student of the Bible, um, and take God's word seriously. Take your walk with Christ seriously. Uh, meet with your pastor or pastors or some leader in the church that is is much further ahead of you mm-hmm. in helping you not just uh, know the Bible, but but really grasp the big picture of the storyline of the Bible. Yeah. Um, so that you see from Genesis to Revelation, it's the telling, it's the unfolding of one revelation, not many. Um, it's centering on Christ, his person, his work, um, and really theologically growing in your understanding of what worship is as the Bible defines it in light of the New Covenant. Because I think, I think if a whether a young worship leader or an older worship leader for that matter, if, if that person can grasp that and grow in that, and they are also obviously gifted to serve musically, that's going to be a sweet combination to really serve the church. It's going to, what, it's, it's going to distinguish them doing a gig versus uh, really pointing people to Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the other thing would just be be humble. Uh, nothing is sweeter than to work with musicians or a worship leader that are very talented, much more talented than than, than you are for sure, yeah. and they are so humble. Uh, there's deference towards the leadership of the church because really, at the end of the day, what they want to see is Christ exalted, not themselves, not their song that they wrote that they think the church should be singing. Um, at the end of the day, they realize worship isn't about whether we sang three songs or ten songs, so don't be offended when the pastor asks you, I need you to shave five minutes from the singing time. Um, you know, because I think that's that's when the, I think the, the the Sunday planning really comes together, and uh, and, and I think if if a, if a worship leader is not growing in their knowledge of the scriptures, in humility towards the leadership of the church, the heart of the church, the vision of the church, um, 
and they're growing musically, there's going to be problems down the, down the, yeah. down the line. Yeah. So, so, I mean, is it fair to say then that um, a, a worship leader's role and position is, is to be a pastor, but instead of the vehicle being speaking, it is music? Yeah, I, I think there is, a, and I'm not... And, and I'm not saying like, you know, ordination and seminary and things right, like that, yeah. but the mentality of a pastor just, you know, conveying the doctrine and the theology and the... Ri- richness of God's word through music. I do. I think there is a pastoral element, whether that worship leader serves as an elder in the church or not, um, because for whatever period of time, if you think about it, I mean, in a lot of church contexts, depending on your, you know, structure, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, there's, that's a good chunk of the, of the gathering is given over to this individual who's leading that time. Um, and, uh, that's a we should take that seriously as yeah. as pastors um that's not just kind of like the warm up for the sermon and um so the diet of what's happening there as well as if that worship leader is speaking or praying uh and obviously you know the puritans worked very hard on their prayers so they had content mm-hmm. um but i think if if that worship leader is going to share something or feels led to share something and the the leadership is good with that I think that 30 seconds or whatever that he shares, there should be something, not just that has good content, but pastors the people. Because as he's looking out and he sees people that are weary or there's been maybe a a death or a tragedy in the body, he needs to factor that into how he's Mm. crafting the songs. Because if if he has on Saturday night this incredible celebratory set of songs and there's been a tragedy in the church and people's hearts are heavy... Yeah. You better change that song list, yeah, uh, and and maybe we don't start off singing. Maybe we sing less and we pray more, yeah. uh, or minister to people. So I think there, you know, I think there has to be that sense sensitivity in conjunction with the leadership of how how are we going to proceed in light of what God's doing in in providential circumstances in our church. That's and great. I think that's a pastoral element. Yeah, Greg, any uh, final thoughts or comments? Uh, no, Matt, that was excellent. Well, maybe this question. So how would you advise me, personalize that, um, I want to become a, a, a worship music leader? Don't. Yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> Nathan didn't even wait for you to say that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you don't need a, a, any kind of a person that serves in that way to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, that's good. good. One thing I don't have to worry about. Any any lady off the street? Yeah. Nope. That, yep, good, good. <laughs> You keep doing the podcast yeah. thing, right? <laughs> this is your niche. I, I, I am a professional podcaster. Oh, right? yeah. That's I mean, right. Clearly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, got, we got three listens. Yeah, that's, absolutely. Oh, man. man. That's benchmark. Yes. Man. Yes. <laughs> um, so thanks so much for your insight on that, Matt. What we want to do now is we actually want to finish our time off um, because I think this is such an important topic. Um and Greg, you and I have kind of been crafting this and, and talking about it um, loosely for two weeks, but it was actually nailed down last week at Youth Advance when you yes. had um, a couple people come up to you after you preached a sermon on uh, love and the gospel. Yeah. And and how do we love um, those who mentally we're not reaching them mentally, right? you know, right. for one reason or another, you know, maybe yeah. it's, uh, they're, they're in deep depression. And so that depression is just, they can't get out of that depression to receive the love yeah. that we want to share with them in the gospel. Um, you know, maybe, um, it's because, you know, there's severe mental illness there. And so their, their, their mental capacity as an adult is like that of uh, a small child. Yes. And so we're not able to reach beyond that. 
um, because of that. So, um, you know, just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, Greg, if you could just briefly um, recap the sermon and the text for us once again, and um, we'll go from there. Uh, the one at Youth Advance or yesterday? Either one. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. Was that? Oh, wait, that's force. That's really, that's really all your messages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have one message with different titles. Um, no, I'll go back to the youth advance one, Nathan, since that's what you did. Which you was know. was very good. Ma- that wow. was very good. Thank I thank you, man. I enjoyed that first time I ever did Saturday night. I know. Which you, different you atmosphere? It, man. You was, rocked it. Oh, it was and so. The, oh man, you know, take the first twenty minutes of that sermon to just rip me apart. That was excellent. <laughs> Best part, Nathan. That you weren't there. I'm into it. I'm. I'm. You know, using a little bit of time to rip. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. Do, 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 do. 20, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, and at one point, he calls out, "My kids love this." Uh, is there a sermon anytime soon? Uh, and eventually, got to it, but. And when um, you got to it, it was awesome. Well, thank you, brother. The theme uh, was Epic Grace, uh, mm-hmm. very very good theme, and Matt preached uh, the first one. Uh, who the, Dave Brewer did one, Tim mm-hmm. Wolf. They were all great. Yeah, they, did, they, they all did a great job. Had, had really great things to share. And um, I gave one called Grace-Based Relationships, really. It, it was what do we do? Because I'm convinced that while the church celebrates God's grace, and rightly so, loves God's grace, which if you think about it means... One of the aspects of the good news of the gospel is God loves me in no way related to my performance, mm, yeah. zero, which is one of, I'm telling you, the more we think about that, how liberating that is yeah. to think about the implications of the gospel, yet in our relationships with each other, and I think we would all agree, there, there's, there's a great disconnect that we often relate to each other, even mature Christians, mm-hmm. based on performance. Yeah. Uh, from things like uh, keeping score. Um, you know, I've invited this couple over three times. They've only invited us once. Uh, it seems like I'm always the one that calls them. They don't call me. Uh, those subtle things to holding grudges, mm-hmm. um, to not extending forgiveness, to not doing, as Paul says, all that is insofar as it depends on you to be at peace with all men. Uh, so that's what we talked about. What does it mean to be a conduit of grace, to show grace to people? Uh, it's not easy, and that, that's sort of like yesterday's message in, in yeah. church, where yeah. Peter is telling us, in light of being born again, uh, we are to love, and the connection there seems to be we couldn't love until we were born again. Yeah. We could be altruistic, we could be charitable, but we couldn't love as Christ loved yeah. uh, until we have a new nature. So they, they both sort of relate. After that message, Matt, uh, I think I mentioned two people in particular came to me, mm-hmm. Um, one gentleman uh, is a wonderful guy. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to name him. You, you've known him, uh, I know, a long time. Has a, a an adult child with um, mental illness. Uh, I believe it's bipolar. Uh, and this person talked to me about trying to minister to this child, and I loved his raw honesty. He didn't try to sugarcoat it. He was he was very convicted by the message. Said Greg, "How do I love a person?" who will sometimes say the most vitriolic, hateful, mm-hmm. unbelievably cutting things that crush you to your deepest soul. And I could just tell this man was gripped. And, and I'm thinking, wow, this is such a difficult thing for this man to deal with. He really wants to love, but he has a person that's abusing his trust. He has a person who is undercutting the entire family dynamic. And uh, so I talked to him a little bit. Then another woman came up to me uh, who has a sister 
uh, also with some degree of very severe mental illness, who plays, I'll call it, I'll interpret for a little bit, the manipulation game. Mm -hmm. That if she ever tries to get appropriate space, um, phone calls at 3 in the morning, for instance, cannot become a consistent thing. They're going to upset my family dynamic, my life. What do you do with that person who says, oh, well, you're supposed to love me if you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I realized, Matt, as you know all the time, you preach a message, you feel pretty good, and then people ask questions, and you're like, um, yeah, I don't know how to help <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> what a great pastor yeah, I am. That, here, that's but. where you say, you know, man, I just wish we could have had more time to delve into that a little deeper. Yes. And you're thinking, because yeah. I haven't got a clue right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I had to do part two <laughs> yeah, on the part spot, two. I would have not. It is the classic how, yeah. which, you know, yep. Nathan, we've talked many times. It, not my strength. Yeah, and I'll. I, it's. I think I'm growing in it, but slowly. Mm-hmm. Lisa is a great help to me because I, I probably swing too far with the application thing, which we talked about mm-hmm. last time Matt was here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it did make me think the church needs to have a raw, honest, continuing conversation about the gospel and mental illness. I mean, on the purest level, we deal with, like, say, the the, the very difficult things. Almost, it's, it's in the category of what about those who've never heard? You have a person with, a, say, stage four level retardation mm-hmm. who uh, I knew one family that had a child like this years ago who basically their child is almost in a permanent vegetative state. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one discussion in terms of the gospel. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not trying to dodge it. I'm just trying to paint the extreme. Right. Then you have these other sort of gradations going down all the way to just the difficult person. Yeah. You know, the the maybe passive aggressive person, the yeah. the uh, narcissist, the, uh, you know, the conflict avoider. You, you've got all these sort of profiles. And somewhere along the way, you have people with bipolar and I think I know where you're coming from on this, Matt, but I, just to, to throw all my cards out on the table, 15 years ago, Nathan, you're asking me this question. Mm-hmm. I, I had a simpler answer mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, looking back, I had a naive view of mental illness. Yeah. I really believed all problems are spiritual. Um, I was at the point saying, I don't believe in bipolar. I, I do not say that anymore. I do believe in it. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is a legitimate thing. And theologically, you know, and I think we've talked about this, Matt, how I get there, we accept that the fall of man can affect children being born without limbs. Mm-hmm. We can affect uh, the fall of man can impact. I, I knew a child years ago. I didn't know him, but I saw them at the Johns Hopkins Children's Center who was allergic to her own skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and thinking, wow, the fall, the damage it has done mm-hmm. and how it must break the heart of, of, of Christ to see what sin has done in this world. Yeah. Why couldn't the fall affect chemicals in the brain. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've changed on that uh, mm-hmm. subject. I do believe it's a legitimate thing. Um, I'll say this, so I give somewhat of an answer. I did tell both people that the question is never, am I right to stop loving these people? Obviously. Right. The Bible tells us 70 times 7, forgiveness, mm-hmm. love, going the distance. Mm-hmm. That's what Peter said in First Peter when he says love earnestly. It literally means yeah. run the distance yeah. to love people. You should exhaust yourself in loving people. The question now becomes, how can I draw, careful to use this word because it's been overused, I think you'll know why, Matt, boundaries mm-hmm. yeah. with people that are suffering mental illness in a way that, that I'm still loving them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I said, if you're asking that question, that's the most important thing. Yeah. If you're asking with this difficult child who is just saying vile things, 
um, okay, I'm going to play it tough. I'm going to take something away from her. She's going to really be upset. If you are always asking yourself before God, how can I love this difficult person? I said, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. When you get to the point where you're like, oh, I'm just so sick of her. I'm taking this away. Who cares? That's when the, the battle begins to get lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jump in there, Matt, and save me. <laughs> you're doing good. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if love always is thinking about what is in the best interest of that person, it's others-oriented. Um, so, yeah, the quote-unquote boundaries that we do make and you know or draw those lines i think you know obviously there can be made for selfish reasons sure. uh, which is why i think you know yeah i'm careful with that term. yeah because and i think a lot of times it, it is it's it's self-protection and yeah. but l- the gospel frees us from that and allows us to actually be willing to be wounded and hurt f- for the good of another because yeah. that's really what christ was willing to do ultimately for us and um so yeah, I think I think you have to have those things if they're in the best interest of the person because if not, those things could actually be doing damage. They can be enabling that person, um, and actually, what would, it's almost kind of like what a parent has to do with a young child when it comes to correcting and disciplining. Yeah. Uh, the moment I'm excited about correcting my child, yeah. I'm probably not in a good place <laughs> in my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah, had those moments yeah. you were like, I enjoyed yeah. exacting <laughs> that too felt much. Good. Yeah, uh, it's probably uh, an unhealthy sign. Yeah, right. but you know when it's kind of like i i'd rather do anything but but i have it would be unloving for me to let this child get away with the way they just spoke to their mother or whatever the situation is uh and so there's almost like that kind of principle of love needs to try to inform i know it's a different situation it's more complicated in many ways but it needs to inform how you're thinking about what does love look like and that's a hard you know you got to really flesh that question out with a community of some other believers yeah. um, and not, I think you have to almost have a healthy distrust of you because you're so close to the situation. Yeah. You're exasperated, you're tired, you're worn out. And we get that as human beings. Right. Uh, so it's almost like you need some other people who might be able to help you see the bigger picture. Great uh, point. Great point. Um, I would say too, in that same vein, part of the help, uh, getting help is not being afraid to say to somebody, I want to destroy this person. Because I think sometimes, mm-hmm. oh, I can't say that. Yeah. So no, uh, you need to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. You have yeah. to say that to somebody. Yeah. And we there has to be a culture of grace in the church yeah. that people say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just dying here. I've got yeah. a child. Yeah. You know, I talked yeah. to a man yesterday, you know, another man who has a younger child, uh, who's who's just had a pattern of behavior that's that's sinful, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about the balance between um, there's probably some mental illness there, but there's also the sense that he is responsible mm-hmm. before God, particularly in this case. Um, and the first thing you need to do is so you're dying. That this kid is driving you crazy. Yeah. There's no fear in saying that. Yeah. Asking for help is something we're we're supposed to do. And I think pastorally, this is where I've tried to shift one of my thinking, but also my practice. Um, I think, I don't know how many years back, but a number of years back, I think my way of viewing that, um, whether it was up front in the pulpit or teaching a parenting class or whatever the topic was, would be to almost create a culture where, you know, we want to be careful with our, our speech, and obviously we do. But the unintended effect it has is people feel like 
you know, whether it's their small group or just hanging out with some other friends in the church, they can't be that raw and honest because they always yeah. have to have it together. And so you end yes. up getting these cliches, you know, how oh. you doing better than I deserve. And, mm-hmm. and that's true. And I remember talking to a guy in the church who really was going through a difficult time. And, and again, these were phrases, you know, use them in a sermon, you know, and it's true. We are all doing better than we deserve. We deserve right. judgment and eternal hell. So yep. yes. But when you're going through a difficult time or your spouse is suffering from something or you're, you might lose your child in the hospital, and you ask, so how are you doing? How are you better than I deserve? I remember the one time I said to this person, look, I know you deserve hell. I deserve hell. Now I'm going to ask the question again. Yeah. How are you doing? That's great. But, but I think what happened was over time I was a part of creating a culture where you couldn't – you didn't feel like you could do that because yeah. that was sinful. Yeah. Uh, and yes, you know, I'm not giving people permission just sin with whatever you want to say, but you have to have a place where you can say, "Look, I know what's going to come out of my mouth is not right. I don't want to keep it there, right. but I got to confess this is what I'm feeling at yeah. this moment." Yeah. And you got to begin somewhere um, to really begin to get in there and help somebody. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's I, I know a guy that was in massive debt, and he said he was so embarrassed about the debt, he had people helping him. He never got help because he never told them the amount. Yeah. He, he was too embarrassed, and finally he had somebody working with him and said, look, you're high. lay it all out on the table, yeah, every debt you have. And there's so much freedom yeah. in that, oh, and that's what the gospel yeah. allows us to do, Absolutely. to put it all at the foot of the cross and say, it doesn't get any more uglier than this, and yet yep. there's grace. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I did want to throw in one thing, and you may have, were going to ask me this, Nathan, I'm not sure. Sure. Uh, medication. Yeah. Um, the balance I try to bring to that when I counsel people is... Um, what you need to believe is that medication is not a substitute savior, never is. Right. You also need to really consider medication. In other words, I, I, the way I look at it is, you know, have you ever been so busy in, in a day, you're frustrated, you're frenzied, and you realize, well, I haven't eaten anything in eight hours. Now, I've actually never experienced that. <laughs> but I've told people I have. Somehow, Lisa says, no matter how stressed you are, you always have time to get your three square. Um, you know, but other people don't. I have had this before. I've been so busy, and you know, I keep it light since we're podcasting for a general audience. Realize, uh, I have not used the restroom. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, and I'm agitated, yeah. and I'm irritable. Now I'm responsible before God. Yeah. If I if I speak to one of you guys rudely, I cut right. you down. Uh, there's no pass because I had to use the restroom. But dude, use the restroom. Yeah. So uh, it's not. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. <laughs> you'll like, be soon, more godly. Yeah. As soon as this podcast is done, brother, I know where I'm going. Um, but the the medicine, I tend to think like that. I've learned, and I don't know if you feel this, Matt. I've talked to some people that are on medication, mood stabilizers, etc. Now, I think those are decisions have to be made with a doctor, your family, before yeah. the Lord. I agree with them. In community, getting counsel. Yeah. I don't think we should rush to those things, but I think some people, there's no doubt benefit. Um, I've learned if somebody's not on their meds, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, it's sort of the pearls before swine thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not even going to talk to you yeah. yet, but I love you. I care about you. There's no point in me engaging with you yeah. until you deal with this issue first. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that's something we can lead with and serve people in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing is people that are suffering don't need to accept that your motive is loving them if you're doing something kind of tough, tough love, for it to be genuine. Yeah, I want the win-win. 
I want to serve people and I want them to tell me, Greg, I know you're doing a hard thing because you're loving me. That happens one out of a hundred times. <laughs> so you have to be convinced before the Lord. Right. I don't need to get the, that person's affirmation. Um, I just have to know in my heart, and again, the community I think comes in there, yeah. that what I'm doing is pleasing to the Lord as far as I can discern. And that person doesn't need to agree yeah. in order for me to do it. Yeah. This has been um, this has been so great, so helpful. Um, just a couple quick thoughts um, as I was here listening to you guys. I just want to emphasize what you both were saying, that importance of talking to people. Because I think, um, first of all, as Americans and then as Christian Americans, we have this idea that we need to have it all together, like you were saying, Matt. Mm-hmm. We can't be real. We can't be vulnerable with people with anything that we're struggling with. Yeah. And... Um, this idea, um, and Greg and I, you, were, you and I were talking about this, um, C.S. Lewis, and you know he writes this great doctrinal book called um, "The Problem with Pain." Yeah. You know, and it's how do you deal with grief, and it's it's this heady doctrinal book that yes. it looks great on paper, and then um, you know he he gets married, he loses his wife yeah. Joy to cancer, and then he writes um, a grief observed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very and that is book. his, yeah, very yeah. real, where even in times he's like, I hate you, God. Yeah. And then he goes back, and it's it's journal form, essentially. He goes back and he writes, no, I don't really hate God. But, you know, he had to get that out. He did. You know, he had to just put that out there. Um, and, and we almost feel like, oh, it's a sin to say that. Well, yeah, it is. But he was able, because he put that out there, he was able to deal with that sin. Right. right. You know, and, and without putting things out there, you're not able to deal with it as... Right effectively as as you are by just bottling it up and saying oh nobody knows what i'm going through yes um and then the second thing actually is, is taken from the harry potter series Uh oh um, i know right now We're in trouble here. Nathan, matt is you, a bible believing you, christian <laughs> you just now are gonna have more pastoral counseling <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were already gonna get some of the whole sylvester stallone yeah nonsense, that's true we're really now, pushing it here oh my gosh um yeah. But I, I just I love the way J.K. Rowling. It's in the fourth book. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry has just confronted um, the the villain Voldemort for the mm-hmm. first time. Watched his friend die, um, and he is um, in Dumbledore's office, the headmaster, talking about this experience. And uh-huh. he says it's like poison being drawn from a wound. Mm-hmm. I love the imagery of that mm-hmm. because that that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You just you feel this weight lifted. Oh yeah, and it's just it. Again, you're just free now, like you were talking about. There's that freedom now to move on and, and get help. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love it. What comes to mind there, Nathan, is the beginning of Pilgrim's Progress. If you remember, the burden mm-hmm. falls off his back, off yeah. Pilgrim's back, rolls down a hill into the open sepulcher. That's how the journey begins. Yeah. That's not the end of the journey. Mm. Like the, the, the works mentality, the legalist gets there when he gets to the celestial city. Yeah. Yeah. Pilgrim starts with the burden yeah. gone. Yeah. And yet there is a battle yeah. still ahead, but it's the the burden you carried is gone and we just have to carry that yeah. principle. We, wait, wait to end with a spiritual book, Greg. Yeah, exactly. I had <laughs> that helped. Cobra. We went from Harry Potter back we, to John Bunyan. Crime is a disease. Yeah. <laughs> Meet the cure. Cobra. Sylvester Stone, what was that, Matt? Like 86, somewhere around there? Hmm. It was late 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was before Over the Top. Yes. Because that was awesome. Yes. That was about arm wrestling people. Yes. (laughs)
Nothing's more exciting than watching arm wrestling in slow motion. Yes, and Stallone's lip curling. Mm. It's good stuff, man. Uh, that's how we got to end it. That's man. right. We we are we are unfortunately out of time, or fortunately, yeah. if yeah. you've been listening. <laughs> um, Mercifully. <laughs> so, Greg, we're going to sign off. Matt, thank you so much for joining us once again. We're You're looking welcome. forward to the next one. Me too. Um, and, Greg, we just rocked Casbah. Consider it rocked. These guys are 11.